Amen. So happy to be with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the Word of the Lord in the book of Daniel, chapter number 3. I do give honor to your pastor. His family applaud them on 22 years of their faithfulness and labor of the kingdom of God in this city. That is, that is something admirable. Now, we would be foolish to think that in 22 years it was all a bed of roses. But it speaks something of his integrity and his character that he believes that God has him here. And I applaud, I applaud them. Amen. Amen. I was nine <laughs> when he came to Webster, Texas. Amen. That shows you how young I am or anyhow. Daniel chapter 3, verse 22 We're going to interrupt the story of the three Hebrew children and to catch you up to speed in case you are not familiar. They were refusing to bow to King Nebuchadnezzar and they stood on the Lord's side, if you please. And the king commanded that they turn the furnace up seven times hotter. And with that, we begin Verse 22, therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake, And said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, And spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. I could focus your attention on verse 22. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I've just got a crazy thought. The Lord laid in my spirit, and I believe sent me here to help someone today, and that is this, a preview of the promise. Now, you're going to have to help me preach, but I believe if we'll open our hearts, God's going to speak to us today. Let's lift our hands to heaven right now. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for what you're going to do in this place. We anticipate great and mighty things. I pray for every heart, for every mind, every soul, do a work in this house. We believe, Lord, that you're going to move in this place. We thank you for what you're going to do. And everybody claps their hands and praise and worship to the Lord. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated tonight. A preview of this morning. 
of the promise. The Bible is not only a source of instruction, but it is also a great source of inspiration. Not only does it instruct us on what to do and how to please the Lord, it also reveals to us what God is willing to do for us. You know, this is not a one-sided relationship. I believe very strongly today that healthy relationships uh, take two parts, two sides. And uh, living for the Lord is exactly the same. Not only will we do things for God because we love God, but God in turn will do things for us because he loves us and because we are obedient. The Bible gives us promises from God. Second Peter 1 and 4 puts it like this, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these, or these promises, ye might be partakers of the divine nature. We have promises, divine promises from God through his word. Though not an exhaustive list, I want to mention just a few of these promises this morning. Philippians 4.19 gives us the promise of divine provision. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 gives us the promise of divine grace. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 reveals to us the promise of divine intervention. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 is the promise of divine victory. And Acts 2, 38 is the promise of divine redemption. I'm thankful for the promises of God. These five promises, and, and like I said, this is not all of them. This is just a short list. But they speak to various aspects or dimensions of our life. They assure us and assist us in making it to heaven. But there is another promise that I believe that we lose focus of throughout the everyday events of life. And that is the promise of divine protection. Now, Isaiah 43 and 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Can I take just a moment today and remind you that the promise of divine protection is still in place today? God is immutable. Immutable means that he cannot mutate. He cannot change. He cannot evolve. So God, what God was, God still is. And if he's ever brought you through it before, he'll bring you through it again. If he's ever made a way before, he can make a way again. Hell would love to convince you otherwise. 
Hell would love to tell you you're all alone. Hell would love to tell you that you're by yourself. If the devil tells you something like that, you need to be reminded that he is the father of lies. So what do you do when hell speaks? You believe the opposite of the lie. If he says there's no way, that means there is a way. If he says you'll never be healed, that means you will be healed. Don't believe a liar. Believe the opposite of the lie. Hell wants to magnify the problem in hopes that you won't be able to see the promise. He wants you to focus on what's wrong, hoping you will not see what's right. I I, I have a friend back home. He's been a magician for years. And I... I'm like a little kid. I don't want to know the secrets. I just want to be wild. I want to be amazed. And one day, he told me a secret. I'm not a fan no more. And one of their biggest secrets, I'm fixing to blow it for you, okay, is to get you looking over here so you can't see what's happening over here. And hell wants to get you looking over here so you can't see the possibility of what God can do and will do. You've got to be careful of what you're looking at. Hell wants you to see the problem. Hell wants you to see the sickness instead of the healer, the heartache instead of the mender of broken hearts, the chains instead of the one that frees you. He wants you to to think that your problem is bigger than your promise. But you better believe the opposite because your promise is bigger than your problem. You better believe this morning that God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Don't believe the lie. Don't take the bait. Don't spend hours, months, and years living in frustration. If I had one objective this morning, it would be this, to illuminate the one thing that you've got going for you today. And his name is Jesus Christ. He's the soul saver. He's the way maker. He's the heart mender. He's the chain breaker. He's the body healer. He's the joy restorer. That's the one you got to get your eyes on today. You see, unbeknownst to you, God has been giving you a preview of things that were to come. You see, a preview is a small glimpse of what the future may hold. A preview is a, a snippet, just a small window into what lies ahead. We don't pay too much attention to the preview. But previews have a way of grabbing your attention, grabbing your mind. Previews are extremely important. They give you direction. They plant a seed in your mind of what is to come because they want you to be mentally and emotionally invested. Whether you realize it or not, God gives you previews in your life. 
every time God shows up in your life in a small way, it's a preview of a time God's going to show up in your life in a big way. Every time God does something small, it's a taste of what's to come. It's a taste of God showing up in your life in a big way. Don't despise the day of small things. Don't discard the preview. Don't forget the times that God showed up and made a way in a small way. Because that's going to lift your faith and give you, uh, give you something to stand on when you get in a big situation. You can look back on the preview. Honey, you better believe there's power in a preview. Previews have a way of carrying you through something. Because you can look back in the heat of the battle. You can look back at every time God gave you a glimpse of his power. God gave you a glimpse of his authority, and you can encourage yourself in the Lord. Stop looking at the problem and remember the preview. You see, the one certainty we have in life is this. There is a fire in your future. A fire. There was three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These were upright young men. Bible says they were well favored. They were skilled in wisdom. They were cunning in knowledge and understanding. It was safe to say these weren't bottom feeders. They had their act together. These were well favored young men. I've lived long enough to find out the fire will find us all. The trial will come into each and every one of our lives. The trial, the fire reaches from the prison to the palace, from the prince to the pauper. We all have something that will come in our life that will test who we really are. Something that seems out of control. Something that looks like it will be a degree of torture or torment. A fire, if you please. Maybe you're here today and you're staring at something that you don't want to go through. You're staring at a situation that you didn't ask for. You're doing everything you can to be right, to live right, to walk right, yet the fire is in your future. You're, you smell the smoke. You see the flames. You see the trial that you're fixing to have to walk through. You've asked God why. You've pled with God. you begged God. You're staring at this problem, but hear me today. While you're staring at this problem, don't you dare forget about the previews that God has done in your life and showed you. Don't be blinded by the problem. And I lift your faith today and tell you that the fire may form, but it won't be final. The Bible says no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. You can't prevent the formation, but it won't be final. See, we don't want to have to see it form. We want to pray and poof, it's gone. We want to speak the word of faith to that mountain and it's gone. And I believe that that is applicable. But there are some fires that aren't avoidable. 
There are some trials, there are some mountains, there are some problems that are going to serve as a testimony in your life that if God brought me to it, he'll bring me through it. You need to understand today that if God did it once, he can do it again. By no weapon, no weapon. Somebody say no weapon, no trial, no fire, no situation. King, why do you want us to turn it up seven times harder? Because they're not going to bow. You see, there was a determination in them. There was a resolve in them. It looked like on the outside things were going from bad to worse. You ever been there? Things are going from, I heard people say, well, it looks like things are going from bad to worse. I can look at this and say, turn it up seven times hotter. That's going from bad to worse. But look what happened. In Daniel chapter 3 and verse 22, therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace was so exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men. You gotta, you gotta use your little imagination. Step in the imagination station. I've been listening to Odyssey all the way over here. You gotta step in the imagination station. And you got, you got the ones that are doing everything they're supposed to be doing. And then you got the ones that are throwing them in, the enemy, if you please. Now you, if, if I was standing there and those doors opened up and they, it was so hot that it killed the people standing next to me. But I wasn't harmed. Honey, that's a good preview that if God is with me right here, let me put it like this. If it didn't kill you at bad, it ain't going to kill you at worse, honey. God give you a preview. It may look bad right now, but you got to look at how powerful I am in your life. If the enemy couldn't kill you at bad, he can't kill you at worse. Bible says the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Understand with me today, the greater the problem, the greater his presence. The bigger the mountain, the hotter the fire. It may look bad. It may get worse. But just as sure as you're standing there, God beats you there. Before you got to the problem, God was there. Before the fire was turned up seven times hotter, God was there. Before the family started spinning out of control, God was there. Before your job started crumbling, God was there. Before your finances went under, God was there. you got to believe with me this morning. If the enemy didn't get you at bad, he can't get you at worse. Bible says in Psalms 91 and 4, His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if G or truth is my buckler and shield, and Jesus is truth, then that means Jesus is my shield and my buckler. Now, a buckler was the one who buckled on the armor to the person, suited them up, if you please, prepared them for what was to come. And then the shield was the protector in the heat of the battle. 
So not only will Jesus prepare you, but he will protect you. The reason that you didn't face this trial last year is because you weren't prepared for it. The reason you're not facing what your neighbor's facing is because God didn't prepare you like he prepared them. I've seen people say, well, I I see sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they, there's no way I could go through what they went through. You're right. You can't. Because God didn't prepare you like he prepared them. He not only will prepare you for the battle. But when you get in the battle, when you get in the heat, he says, I prepared you. Now I'm going to be your shield and I'm going to protect you. You got to understand God didn't let you get in the battle by yourself. That's why Psalm said in 91 and verse 5, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. How could David pin these words after everything that he went through with such confidence, with such conviction, with such a resolve? You see, when David went to Ziglag and he walked into a town that was burned down, he walked into a situation situation that was not favorable he was facing his own problem and his own trial and even the all their own his own men wanted to cry out against him somewhere along the way david the bible says encouraged himself let me, let, me, let me just use my imagination. You know what I think he did? I think he remembered the previews of the promise. The time the lion came out. The time the bear came out. The time Goliath came out. And he said within himself, if God did it for me once, I know he's got all power to do it for me. I'm trying to resurrect some of your faith this morning because hell's got you believing a lie. Hell's got you believing there's no way. I've come to tell you, think back on all the times God's done it before. He gave you a preview. And he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. If somebody say he'll do it again. He'll do it again. The th- final thing you've got to remember is that your deliverance has already been decided. Your deliverance, hear me, you're making it through this trial, has less to do with you and more to do with God. Deliverance, spiritually speaking, rests in God's hands. Now, we have the responsibility to move on. We have the responsibility, the human will, to make up our mind. I'm not going to be held captive any longer. But when it comes to the chains of yesteryear, when it comes to the things in your life that have held you for so long, you don't have to wonder, can I be delivered? You don't have to wonder, can there be a way out? God already paid the price, and it's already done. They threw the boys in the fire. They didn't have many options. They were bound. When we get in these trials, we don't have a whole lot of options because we feel so bound up in everything that we try to do. But you see, the one that met them there had already decided their deliverance. The one that went before them 
had already paid the price, if you please, and had met them in the fire. All they had to do was just, the Bible says they were walking around. Let me tell you what I think they were doing. I think they were walking around praising. It had less to do with them. And more to do with God. When you're facing your Red Sea, Moses, if you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, hear me, you need to under, you need to change your thinking today. It's not if I make it through it. It's when I make it through it. Hell says if, but God says when. Maybe you're here today and you're bound by something. You're bound by a faint, painful past. You're bound by scars of yesteryear, bitterness and fear. Maybe it's hidden things that you don't want anybody to, to, to look at. You don't want anybody. You don't want anybody to know the pain that you hold inside. You don't want anybody to know the scars that you cover up with nice clothes and a pretty smile. Maybe you're here this morning and you've had questions about things that have happened in your past and those things have held you captive. I say this morning it's time to shed the weight. It's time to understand that I don't have to live in the fire. I can get out of the fire. God already decided it. You need to, you need to understand this. When God showed me this, it, it, may not, it may not do anything for you. But it did something for me because I know what it's like to be held captive by things. I, I remember what it was like to be held captive by bitterness and questions and misunderstanding. Yeah, I grew up in church. Big whoop. That don't mean nothing. There's a lot of people sitting on church pews that are miserable. We have a way of putting on our facade. We have a way of going through the motions. You know, tongues is not a spiritual indicator. It's a spiritual edifier. We think if we talk in tongues, we can fool people and think that everything's okay. But there's a lot of people that talk in tongues that may not make it to, to, the, you know, to the rapture. Understand, we need to be real with ourselves. We need to be honest and look at ourselves and say, maybe this thing is holding me captive. You know, we think of chains, we think of sin. But chains can be more than sin. We think of chains, we think of bad things. There's people that's victims of circumstances from years gone by, but they're held captive. They're held captive. And they're thinking that their deliverance is, for, is, is resting upon their shoulders. No, your deliverance has already been decided. It has less to do with your merit. The burden of proof is not on you, it's on God. Look at this. The Bible says, for this purpose... The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. There was a day that God decided to bring deliverance to humanity. It was a divine promise making a divine appearance in the form of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. When they threw these boys in the pit and the king looked in, this is what he said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form is like the fourth of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, you gotta get the full revelation of what's happening here. I can somehow see in the spirit realm God talking to the enemy, and God says Satan, today I showed up for three, but this is a preview of what's to come. 
because there was a day he said, I'm going to the place of torment. I'm going to get the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And this time, I'm not just delivering three. I'm delivering every single person. It was a preview of the promise that set you free, that broke your train chains, that made a way when there was no way. Stand with me all over this building right now. So you think, preacher, it's hopeless. You think there's no way. You think the fire is going to consume you. You think the nighttime is too dark. You think the struggle is too great. I know what you're thinking because I was there. We've all been there when the fire tried to eclipse, eclipse the Father. When the problem tried to blind you to the promise and you became so burdened became so weighted you became you became almost lethargic because you were bound you had no joy you had no hope you had you had no passion had nothing to do with you it was the circumstances that held you captive for so long i read a story last night that illuminated my mind to such a degree that i felt like i had to close with it today You see, the early American Indians had a unique way of training their young braves. On the night of a boy's 13th birthday, after they taught him how to hunt, how to scout, and how to fish, he was put to one final test. On that 13th birthday, they placed him in a dense forest in the middle of the night. To spend the entire night alone. Up until that time, he had never been away from the security of the family and the tribe. But on this night, he was blindfolded and taken several miles away. And when he took off the blindfold, he was in the middle of a thick woods and he was terrified. Every time a twig snapped, he visualized a wild animal ready to pounce on him. After what seemed like an eternity, dawn began to break and the first rays of sunlight entered the interior of that forest. He began to look around and he saw flowers and trees and the outline of the path he was to take. Then to his utter astonishment, he beheld the figure of a man standing just a few feet away armed with a bow and arrow. It was his father. He had been there all night long. And there are times that we feel like we're in the middle of nothing but darkness. We feel like everything around us, every move we make, the enemy's ready to pounce on us. And it could seal our fate. But if I can tell you this morning that dawn is fixing the break. And what you're going to see today is that God has been standing there with you the entire time. And the enemy could not get the upper hand. Because the Bible said, he that keepeth Israel neither sleepeth nor slumbereth. Come on, you got to understand uh, that God has given you a preview in your life. And if he showed up once, he's there today.
Hands lifted all over the building. Eyes closed. Come on, you need to understand with me today. God is with you. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. But I know the enemy is trying to pounce upon the fear. He's trying to pounce upon things in your life. He's trying to keep you held captive by wrong decisions, by past mistakes, by things that you could not control. But God has already made a way. God has already broken the chains.